Welcome back to an episode of My Neighbors Are Dead. I'm your host, Adam Peacock, and we're all familiar with the big names in horror. Freddy, Jason, the reptilians, but who we're not familiar with are the ones just outside the terror, the ones who didn't get to tell their tales. And helping me do that this week, actor and comedian, you can catch him on The Big Leap on Fox this fall, Mr. Seth Morris. How are you, buddy? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for doing this. I'm doing my, I'm hiding my selfie so I don't have to look at my, my face when I do this. Oh, that's, that's much. I, you, I didn't know you could do that. I know, right? That's like when the, and the pandemic started, that was the worst part for me. You know, I didn't care about people dying, but I had to look at my face during Zooms and it was. I, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't, I thought it was just me until I think I read something in the Washington Post that it was a real thing that people were being affected by having to look at themselves all the time. Yeah, it's weird. I, I had a friend who was talking about like, be, actually before online therapy was a thing. And, uh, and he's like, I hide my, I, you know, he, cut because he used to do it on FaceTime and he would like cover his face. And I thought that was kind of funny and vain, but then it makes so much sense. Like you would not want to look at yourself no, as you're God, spilling no. your guts about embarrassing <laughs> shit. You know, it's ugh, <laughs> the worst. <laughs> no, I have, I've only done over the phone therapy. That's as close as I've gotten. I could imagine if there was a mirror right up to me when I was spilling uh, uh, my nonsense. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, again, thanks for doing this, buddy. We're talking about uh, the 2005 Neil Marshall film, The Descent. Why did you pick this movie, Seth? You know, I'll be honest, because I had never seen it before. I've been wanting to see it, see it for a while. And I thought um, a friend told me about it. And, I, and it sounded like such a cool, creepy premise that I thought this is a great opportunity to, uh, you know, to finally see it. It's um, super fun. But what's scarier, Seth? The crawlers or just being betrayed by one of your friends? <laughs> you know what's so funny is like well that's yeah, that's true the, uh i guess that was a pretty be- deep betrayal because i was gonna say juno is a badass and she saves a lot of lives in you know in the beginning she did fuck yeah. that one lady's husband let's let's be honest that's not, <laughs> not i do not condone that at all no, uh, no. but then again you know for pointing figures the other friend knew about it the whole time yeah even when the affair was going on presumably uh, and and was, never said anything. I was left wondering if the if Sarah went went to the appropriate lengths by hobbling her friend and leaving her in a cave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know if I would do that if that happened to me. Right. Yeah. Maybe just uh, just like some nasty comments on social media would do it. Sure. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. But I'm not going to leave you to die. I guess you're right. Yeah. Maybe the betrayal by a friend would be worse. You know. I mean, those those monsters were hideous because honestly, the movie was a little boring to me until that happened. And then I was like, oh, this is a real horror movie because it right. seemed a little, you know what I mean? Like even something like that, that's it's not that old, um, but it's it, it just didn't it didn't have quite, when you first watch it, it doesn't have quite the hype of when you first hear about it. And people are like, oh, my God, it's so serious, you know, and I'm kind of watching like yeah, that. The, 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 that all the all the Americans are clearly British people doing the lame accents and stuff but then it just got super scary and i love like there's just (laughs) they just once they started those scares they just didn't stop you know like with the whatever whatever it was like somebody you know you turn a corner it's it's your friend and it's not the it's not the uh, not the crawler and then but then there is a crawler behind the friend and you know that was great yeah yeah it's so fun and the the pit of blood and all that stuff is, is really fun too yeah um, and I, I guess I also sort of chose it because I've, I've always wanted to spelunk. <laughs> I used, <laughs> I used to be very outdoorsy and, um, and, uh, 
and I that was always the something you know I'd read about caving in National Geographic, and I did the like the the very safe touristy ones like in Car- the Carlsbad Caverns and yeah, on yeah. different different places in the desert and stuff. And it was always so cool. And I was thought that is something that I will end up doing. You know, like I'm gonna I'll, I will end up being in a cave at some point, uh, doing doing the whole spelunking thing. Um, and I, I did, I went to school in Santa Cruz and there's actually a pretty sizable cave system up there that is not, it's not sealed off, but, and it's not, it's not, you really have to know where to go. Cause it's like a, mm-hmm. you know, like a, like a dog door size opening, but then it's miles and miles and miles of caves. Like who knows how far it goes. And I, I did that. I, I did that, that one. And, uh, and then a couple other little, little things just locally from where I grew up, but that idea, so that caving has always sort of appealed to me. And then of course that element of like these things that evolved down there. So great. Do you think having seen this movie later in life that it would affect you if you were back in a cave now, do you think you'd be looking over your shoulder a little bit more than you would have been prior to seeing this movie? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Cause I love, you know, I don't believe in any of that supernatural stuff, but I want to like uh, the idea of it is so cool to me like the idea of ellie aliens and the idea of bigfoot and you know how they supposedly there's a bunch of bigfoots that live in mount shasta you know about that mm-hmm. i've heard yeah i've heard bigfoots tell. and then some other similar to this actually i wonder if they got the idea from it there's there's bigfoots and then there's supposed to be a race of aliens that went to went under to underneath mount shasta however thousands of years ago and you know I want uh, it to be real too, but I want it to be real because I somehow, Seth, have it in my head that if it is real, I will somehow be able to be a part of it. I will be initiated by a group of aliens or Bigfoots to be a part of their club. Oh, you'll be in right. with them. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And I want like, you know, like Meteor Man, like powers or something, something benefits me in the totally. Future. Yeah. So that's why I want that stuff to be real. Does that, does that ring with you at all? Ring true with you? I mean, I, I do like to think that if I saw a Bigfoot, I would be the one that like made eye contact with it. And we shared some sort of ancient connection and it left me alone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. As opposed to the ones that like get, get torn up by it. And it's because somehow the Bigfoot senses an innate evil and greediness in them, mm-hmm. but they'd know that I was cool. But I didn't think about that. Like actually, if it, yeah, you could go and kind of hang out with them. That would be amazing. Yeah, it's like the perfect start of a Disney kids movie where you get mm-hmm. like you can fly or you become invisible or something. Yeah, yeah, totally. Be real, so bad. Uh, yeah. Were you? What is your relationship with horror? Were you? Were you a fan? Are you a fan? Or not? Or I, I, I like I I appreciate a good horror movie, but I'm not obsessed. I'm not somebody that like seeks out seeks them all out. You know, when mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was kind of coming of age right when all the slasher uh movies started like friday the 13th and um halloween and stuff like that and go to see those in the theater and it was like that was like pandemonium because it was like a it was just like a stoner town like it was a crazy be in the movie theater and it'd be all these kids from like 14 to 18 who put a bunch of booze in their root beer and were wasted and watching these horror movies you know what i mean it was like when I think about it now, it was insane. You know, like hear a like a vodka bottle drop in the middle of the fucking movie, and uh, and I did it because I was I was really creeped out and scared by him, but everybody was doing it, so I was like, oh yeah, I want to go see this. But getting really really scared, um, 
and other things like it was one of those things where I feel I, I always thought I was supposed to like it, you know, but it would just right. really creep me out. I remember seeing uh, I Spit on Your Grave. You know that, that movie? Great. Love it. Yeah. yeah. And that those were some of the first ones. And Gator Bait. Do you remember Gator Bait? Oh, God. Yeah. 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 Those were like these just really. I think I started to understand on some level the sense of humor in those because it's it's either in. Um, I think it's in I Spit on Your Grave. Which, if people don't know, it's it's like a revenge tale where this woman is horribly gang raped and she goes and just fucks up all the dudes that gang raped yeah. her. And there's one scene where I guess the guy doesn't remember her or something, and he she's giving him a hand job in the bath, <laughs> and she she's like stroking his dick, and and then right as he's clamassing, she cuffs cuts his dick dick off, and he's like, oh, that felt so good, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> which and and then he realized and then he looks down and sees the blood you know <laughs> um yeah but the, the 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 coolest scariest movies i remember from growing up one they weren't they weren't movie movies one was a made for tv movie actually they were both were i think but you know bad ronald no oh dude I don't. I don't think it. No. Oh, I'm sure you're, I'm sure your, your viewers do. Bad Ronald was made in 70 something. And it's about this weird kid who was like kind of a nerd lived in kind of a, it was right around Dungeons and Dragons time, but he lived in kind of a fantasy world in his head. And he, um, this young girl in his neighborhood made fun of him and he picked her up and he was, he was mad at her. He picked her up and he threw her and cracked her head on a rock and killed her. And so his mom said, we have to hide you. So she hid him in, in the, the, um, sealed up the, the pantry in their, in their house and re-wallpapered it. So he lived behind the walls. And then her, his mom dies and a family moves in with like three beautiful teenage girls. And it's just him creeping around the house and, yeah. and then also living in this fantasy world. And it was so – like those kind of things really um, really creeped me out. You know, that, that, felt, that felt more – I guess that that creeps you out more than than supernatural, you know, monstery stuff is that that felt really close somehow. There's a Gary Busey movie called Hider in the House. Have you heard of or seen this? No, no. It's got one of the greatest. I'm looking it up now to see if I can send it to you. It's got one of the best posters uh, I've ever seen. Hider in the House. It's just it's like it's such a staged uh it's such a staged picture of Gary Busey looking through a window at a at this young girl sleeping, and he's got his like his hand on the window. Mimi Rogers and Gary Busey are in it. Ooh, I wish I knew how to how to. That's cover. weird. Now I'm thinking there's a lot of these movies like the calls coming from inside the house. A lot of like stuff in that era that's about the monster or the bad guy being in where you live, mm-hmm. which is super terrifying. Because that was also a real mass murder time, you know, or uh, serial killer time. Because when I grew up in the Bay Area and there was the Trailside Killer, there was um, there was another one. Um, and I remember that kind of, it was roughly in that, that, that's, that same era where there was a couple of different, well, Zodiac was a little before my time, but um, it, there, there was something in the air about real life, you know, kind of, kind of monsters that I was vaguely aware of. I mean, growing up in this area, was there residue from the, from the Zodiac Killer and now the, I, uh, the, I think so. Like, yeah, I think because people were aware they were like the boogeyman that you'd hear about. You know, I remember yeah. being on a camping trip in Big Sur 
and having to go to the bathroom to, to the bathroom that wasn't it wasn't lit up and stuff and it was just like you know 20 yards from from the from the campground or whatever mm-hmm. but being terrified because the trailside killer was like at large at that point and wow. and how old were you at the time that time i must have been around 11 or 12 or something like that and the zodiac stuff i mean i don't remember it directly but like here's another thing i remember my parents so we grew up in san francisco and you know anton Levey and the church of satan was i think it was there somehow that was like in the consciousness and my mom knew somebody who dated anton Levey. no shit really or or it was like one degree of separation right uh-huh. and so there was this crazy story about how she broke up with him or she did something to i guess she broke up with him and then her her son or mom got killed in a car accident or something like that and then anton Levey called her and said see what you did or something like that like it was like a true boogeyman story that my mom told me so yeah i remember like the bay area i remember like hearing about that kind of stuff you know it's I mean, that is terrifying. And now through the lens of 2021, he's just gaslighting her. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I, I read this interview with uh, Anton LaVey once. And uh, <laughs> and he, you know, he played like uh, he played uh, the pipe organ. Uh-huh. And um, and I remember like the, the quote, the quote was he's, he's like, I can't remember what the context was, but he was talking about he had these cats and this and that. And he's like, really, I'm just a big softy. <laughs> <laughs> but the pic- the quote was under a picture of him looking like all bald and devilly and menacing. He's like, really, I'm just a big softy. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you find a way that works. And if you're trying to if you're just trying to pick up some some ladies, that seems like a good way to go. Yeah. Yeah. I just heard that that Sammy Davis Jr. was was like hung out with Anton LaVey and was involved with the Church of Satan. Holy shit, really? Yeah. Which in a way makes sense because they were all about debauchery and hedonism and, you know. Um, Have you heard the theory that I think it was, I think it's Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye is, there's a theory that he was a serial killer? No. I was talking to a buddy about it and apparently there was this like big Motown tour happening with Marvin Gaye on it. And I guess if you, if you trace where the tour went, there was like a string of <laughs> uh, missing and murdered prostitutes along wow. that route. And the theory is that it was, or like the, yeah, the rumor theory is that it was Marvin Gaye. Okay. Well, this is my, uh, this relates to my, uh, my kind of, my other big connection to horror movies. And that was, uh, this is another made-for-TV movie with Linda Carter. Do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Linda Carter. And um, she was, she wasn't even a detective anyway, but it was about uh, uh, this, the, this theater actor was suspected of being a serial killer um, because same deal. Every time, every town that they went in, this person, uh, women would end up dead. They, they, this guy would cut their hair and then like kill him with scissors or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and his, he had like a, the, the, this, this actor who was this vain, weird actor had a um, assistant who, who had a limp. He, he, <clears throat> he was like going to be a big theater actor, but he broke his leg or something. He walked around with a limp. Um, and, but he was like this really sweet guy. He, he and Linda Carter were kind of like buddies, you know, like he was older and, 
um, kind of not really mentored her, but anyway, he, so at the end, I remember the end is she, it's like the climax of her being in the theater, which is, there's something creepy about a backstage anyway, you know, like one, yes, sandbags and ropes and stuff like that. Totally. And, and, uh, it was a stormy night and, and she's, she's trying to, she's, she thinks she's going to zero in on the, the actor guy. And, um, cause she's found out like, oh, every city we go, they go in on the tour. It's, 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 it's gotta be him. And so she's like, Glenn. And then all of a sudden you hear Glenn go, uh, what is it, sweetheart? And it's not Glenn. It's the assistant guy. And he comes walking out of the shadows and he has this really no. thick, like stage makeup, you know, uh-huh. like old people stage makeup with lines and rouge and shit. Yeah. It was so, oh man, I just, it scared me so fucking much. Theaters and churches are two just inherently terrifying places when you're alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's a theory, right, about The Shining. It's like anything where there's supposed to be people and there's nobody in it. It's super, super it's terrifying. Yeah. Have you have you ever had a theater uh, ghost a theater ghost experience? No, no. I'm trying. I've to had one. Oh, really? Where I had one in in Washington D.C. We were doing a show at the Woolly Mammoth Theater. And I think I've, I think I've talked about it here, but we were, we were hanging out backstage one night after a show, this was a couple of weeks into our run and we were just hanging out, uh, drinking with the, some of the tech staff and there was nobody there. And at some point in the evening, we heard a very audible, very loud, very close scream. And Ooh. we all, we all kind of took off cause it sounded like somebody was, you know, out on the theater. You know, we were just like stage left. We were just backstage and we came out, there was nobody there. There was nobody in the theater. Uh, just the ghost light on in the, you know, at center stage, eliminating the whole thing. And we, that we packed it up and went home pretty quickly after that. What was, what show were you doing? What was the production? We were doing a, a second city residency there. Oh, okay. For, okay. For six weeks. Um, so. Yeah. And theaters too, they always have like weird nooks and crannies. Like there's always some weird crawl space or, you know, um, there's a, there's a pretty decent number of old, like vaudeville theater still in LA, some that are, they use barely like they, I saw at a music venue that was like Charlie Chaplin used to perform there a lot, but apparently, and there are these beautiful old ornate, I guess it would be like the turn of the previous century uh, uh, era. Um, and I think that one was supposed to be haunted. Um, I mean, I only saw one show there, but yeah, it's uh that's something kind of cool. I don't know. I, I always feel like theater ghosts would be cooler somehow. Uh, yeah. Again, I there's that part of me where I want to be friends with it. I wanted yeah. to be friends with that woolly mammoth theater ghost, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> it never happened. It would just it just it just dishes on other ghosts and it to- yeah, it's super yeah. catty and just really <laughs> shitty about other ghosts who got good parts. Yeah, <laughs> and honestly, not that scary. No, pretty nice. <laughs> that guy's pretty not nice. very scary. They're just like ripping on other people. <laughs> uh, well, I spelunking, I've never done it, but uh, Seth, if you were to do it again or when you do it again, do you have an ideal trip in mind that you would plan uh, to to have the ultimate spelunking experience? I would go honestly where this in Appalachia, Appalachia where this this takes place because there's the there's I mean, this has been a while ago now, but they discovered like some ridiculous ridiculously huge cave system i mean it's massive 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 and you know just the 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 times that i've been in in little caverns in the desert in california and in um the the other there's another another big big one um 
when they talk about the discovery of them, and sometimes they'll have like old photos of um, phosphorescent light that they had. I can't remember, like uh, in like the early 1900s, whatever equivalent of a flare that they had. Just to see a giant room for the first time and be, that's just so yeah. incredible. Yeah. It's haunting and also very beautiful at the same time. Yeah. I would never do, I would not do the, would, like, apparently with a lot of real splunking, you have to scuba dive and go underwater and shit. I wouldn't, I would never do that. Oh, no, I'm not yet. No, thanks. Yeah. And I, I think about, there was a time in my early twenties where a friend of ours, he heard about and found an old mine shaft and um, it, this was like a, a few years after the dead poet society came out <laughs> and you, 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 it, it was a, again, a small hole and it, it got so the entrance of it was not vertical, but it went down probably like 12 feet. Mm -hmm. And you, when you're on, at its thinnest point, your nose was like an inch or two from the, from the oh, top. And man. that was fucking scary. But once you got in, it was this pretty big room and we would just stay in there all night and like read poetry and tell stories. And that, that was really cool. Um, but I would never do, I, I think about that now. I'm like, that was so dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I think yeah. about crossing the main street at the town where I grew up to go to the party store to get like chocolate milk as a kid. And now I'm like, I don't have kids, but I would never let him do that. If I were, if I oh, had dude, I grew up, I was a kid in San Francisco in the 70s. <laughs> I always feel like I have to tell like, Oh, but my parents are good people. But that's just the fucking way it was done. <laughs> like it was insane. Yeah. My brother, uh, was a few years older than me what he took he would take the the bus to school and he had to there was like like a i think he took the city bus because they didn't drop him right at school and he remembers jumping over a dead body to like go to school <laughs> it was covered <laughs> had a sheet over it and i mean he, this is like i mean he was like eight you know see and i know if i were there at that age my response would have been cool oh yeah That'd oh totally it. yeah yeah Absolutely. we gotta look at this dead body <laughs> uh yeah. well seth i would i uh, i would love to sit around with you and talk more about the ultimate spelunking trip and maybe if you can come back we can talk about it more and i might have a little more information because we got to take a break and when we come back we're going to talk to an airbnb proprietor lonnie mandrell who sort of sets these up but uh seth thank you so much for coming by and, and sharing sharing some spooky stories about caves so fun thank you for having me uh thank you seth again and we'll be right back Hey neighbors, Adam here. Have you been enjoying My Neighbors Are Dead? Well, there are two quick and easy ways you can show your support that only take a second. First, leave us a rating and review in your podcast player of choice. That can be anything from talking about a recent episode to suggesting a film for a future guest. And two, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss future episodes. It helps you, it helps us, and it helps new folks find the podcast. Thanks, and now back to the show. Welcome back to My Neighbors Are Dead. Uh, I'm very excited. I am joined right now by a, uh, a North Carolina original, Lonnie Mandrell. Lonnie, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you, Adam. It's so wonderful to be here. Uh, what a great opportunity to not only talk and kind of explore community, but I, you know, I, I'm just looking forward to having a platform to kind of clear the air about some things. 
Well, yeah, I want to get into that. But first and foremost, I have to say, Lonnie, I've never been to North Carolina and uh, the pictures that you sent are absolutely beautiful. You, and it's a crime that I've not been there yet. You must come. It's, it's, I mean, we've got so much to offer. You know, you got, you got the beautiful beaches if that's, if that's what you like. But then you also, of course, have the Appalachian Mountains and we've got some exciting university towns. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a real uh, up and coming microbrew community. Uh, it sounds great. It's really wonderful. I can't. I can't say enough good things about North Carolina, but I'm biased. Of course. Know? I mean, I and and you should be. You know, you're from there, and it's a beautiful place. And you, uh, I, is it fair to say, Lonnie, that North Carolina sort of is your business? You are the proprietor of several Airbnb. I, yeah, so. I'm. I'm in the. You know, I'm in the. I'm in the come stay business, as I like to call it. And uh, you know, start out with just a few simple properties. Actually, start out with the property we're talking about. Going to be talking about right now, but. Uh, yeah. And then I, I've always loved, you know, I always love to host, uh, mm-hmm. host things and show people around to, to areas that I like that I've found interesting and enriching. And, 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 uh, and so, you know, started out with one and then, then uh, things went well. And I, you know, so I, I now have, uh, several properties, uh, that I, that I, uh, rent out to different people, you know, the beach, of course, that, that, those go in an instant. Everybody loves to spend their, if, if you're from North Carolina, spending the summer at the beach is a no-brainer. That's something that everybody does. I think it's really cool, and it's something that I've noticed with people that I've talked to on this show, is that you've you followed your passion. You just said that you've always loved entertaining, so I think that's so great. Uh, do you remember the first time you entertained somebody, Lonnie, where you were like, shit, I got to make this my living? <laughs> Well, let's see. I, I do. Uh, it, it actually came out. It was my it was my 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 wife's uh, younger brother who was kind of a dare do well. And uh, after a while, I'm like, you got to pay to stay here. You know, he said he was going to be here to be sure. be there for a couple of days, and he ended up be there for a couple of weeks. And he and uh, you know, I was like, David, this cannot stand. I use some strong words, but I said, you know. We're, we're trying to do you a solid and you're just sitting on, you know, you're just smoking pot, playing video games all day. You know, there's weird people coming to the house. So I said, you got to pay. He said, well, I'm not going to pay you to stay on the couch. Right? So I made him up a beautiful room in the back room. I made it, you know, kind of a nice, uh, 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 it had a wrought iron bed frame and, uh, I put a, a old chamber pot in the corner, not for him to use, but as a visual, you know what I mean? I put all our nice antiques and it was lovely. And, I, and then, you know, so he started paying rent and I thought, you know what, this is something that, that anybody, cause I, you know, I, I'm a, I don't know if you can tell, I was a real bed and breakfast head in college. That was me and my <laughs> friends used to just always hit up different bed and breakfast, you know? See. Is that right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you I've know, only ever been to one, and I I got to tell you, Lonnie, I loved it. So I, I oh, that's really great. You guys found that early on in college. I mean, I feel like I'm part of the the spear that you know went into the heart of 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 Van Breakfast, being an Airbnb person. But it turned me on to that the the, the, the bed, bed breakfast scene, man. It, and especially when I was in college in the nineties, it was wild. Yeah, you know. It was crazy. It seems so um, I, I don't know if mainstream is the right word, but it seems so like classic. Now everything's everything's kind of streamlined into a a, a particular way. And I imagine back then it was sort of like the rock and roll days of air. Of, oh, of it was record. super rock and roll. The t- you know, the rooms didn't have TVs. There weren't cell phones. And then you had to eat with strangers. You had to share refrigerators with, you know, people, Europeans and people from other 
other states and stuff and you'd have these awkward breakfasts, you know, and it was just part of the deal. And you'd go out to the beautiful yard and everybody would kind of try to pretend to read it. You know, it was never really comfortable, but it was like what we were aspiring to do was nice. You know, the bed breakfasts are always like they're real quaint. But mm-hmm. then when you realize, you really realize you have to share it with people, it's awful. But at the same time, you're like, this is supposed to be great. So you you give it a shot. So the seeds are planted. You're, you're, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be rude here and presumptuous Lonnie, but your, your piece of garbage brother-in-law is staying with you, kind of taking yep. advantage of a good situation. You make lemonade out of lemons with that. Uh, and so that seed's planted. You discover bed and breakfast in hotels. So the the fire is starting to stoke. You're there. Hospitality is your business. Hospitality is your love. It's your passion. Yep. Get us to this first Airbnb. Now, the Airbnb that we're talking about, the one, I mean, there's a lot of- um, There's some horror. associations with it. Well, I, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Most, a lot of people- associated with a tragic tragic series of events of there was a you know a small gaggle of, of women who were went spelunking mm-hmm. uh only one of them came back uh mm-hmm. they were well i'll say they were they were eaten they were murdered by some uh some some humanoid crawlers sure. uh in that in that cave system and people i think they you know i i get it i they they, they make an association with where they were staying with what happened, even though they're completely separate things, you know? Right. Right. I mean, I had this, this is this property. It's a beautiful 600 square foot, uh, aged Oak wood beams, uh, uh original hardwood floors. Uh, and now, now it's got a, a wonderful Viking range of it, a gourmet kitchen inside, uh, excellent views of the Appalachians, uh, yeah. Appalachian mountains. But, you know, because the, the, the last place that these these uh, these young ladies stayed, the last bit of civilization that they enjoyed, and I will say mm-hmm. they enjoyed it before they were torn limb from limb by these uh, mole people who uh, uh, evolved over the centuries, sort of like wet cavemen that never, you know, saw the light of day. They yeah. there's it's it put a stink on my on my on my business. I, it's know, still hard to get through. people to stay there. Uh, I can imagine, Lonnie, because I was going through a little bit before we got together and kind of reading some of the reviews that people had left you. And I, I won't I won't share them here because there's a lot of profanity and a lot of uh, questionable language in these things. But I, I want to go on the record and say that I don't think it's fair to throw you under the bus because at some point this stops being your responsibility and you're yep. just trying to do your job. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so glad you said that, you know. And I, 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 as a host, it's my job to accommodate people, you know? So of there's course. this, there's one young woman. And I think I know what you're talking about. This one young woman, Juno, apparently she told her friends that they were going to go ex- uh, explore a, a well-known cave system. Mm-hmm. Okay. She hoodwinked them and took them to a cave system that had never been discovered because honestly, and she had good intentions. She thought it'd be fun for them mm-hmm. to kind of name, you know, be the first people to explore this, this, this cave system. Um, I gave her a detailed map about how to get there. Uh, to this undiscovered cave system. Well, undiscovered. I put that in quotes because for generations we've, we've heard about people going in there and never coming back. But again, Mm -hmm. as a host, it's my job to, you know, if somebody says, are there mountain mountain biking trails around here? I'm going to show them where the mountain biking trails. And they say, I want to go antique and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to show them go down to, 
to uh to go see the Spiderweb Museum down at the uh down down off of Main Street, you know. Yeah. I Lonnie, the I'm, I I hope this isn't too um intrusive here, but is it uh you know, you know about the cave system. You drew a detailed map for for Juno, this 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 young woman who was mauled to death by by wet mole people. Did you, I mean, you said you heard legends of people going, disappearing, never coming back. How confident were you that there were more people in there waiting for them to rip them limb from limb? And why did you decide to roll the dice? Well, let, let me, I was a hundred percent confident that they were there. I did not know that they would rip them limb from limb. Sure. I'm a, I'm, I'm a glass half full kind of person. You know, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt, you yeah. know? Like my bro, my like my 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 uh brother in law David, you know, I gave him the benefit of the doubt, even though he was a piece of shit, as you say. Uh, he stole money from me. He opened credit cards in my in in my name that weren't never his. All sorts of stuff, you know. He 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 enrolled me in the army. That see that that's just mean because kids in my high school used to do that to other kids in high school, and that's just mean. That's mean, yeah. And he, you know, bless his heart, he got burned up in a go kart fire. But he, up until that point. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. And the same thing with these, these wet mole people, you know, I, 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 listen, I believe people can change. And I, sure. even if you say the word humanoid to me, what I hear is human. Okay. And so that they, they're able to change. So yeah, I did lead her, lead them to a pretty certain death, but I would say pretty certain. And again, my job is that I'm a host. I can't, you know, I don't say if somebody says, you know, I want to go mountain bike and I say, you're going to wear a helmet. That's not my job. Well, I, your job. And again, I don't know because I, I don't have an Airbnb, Lonnie, but I, your job to me, at least it seems whatever happens in those four walls is your responsibility, right? I, I can tell somebody, Hey, come over to my house. You're going to have to drive on the freeway. But if God forbid an accident happens, that's not my fault. Even though I know there are other cars out there, the, the chances Thank are, you. Are, are there. Thank you, Adam. Yes. Yes, that's exactly right. What an excellent um, metaphor. Now, I, a good metaphor. I, I would never victim blame on this show, especially somebody who's who's just ripped to death by mole people. But I think if we're going to take a lesson from this, it's be good to your friends and don't sleep with their husbands. I mean, again, I'm not saying that Juno deserved what happened to her, but that there's certainly, uh, you know, people are going to people are going to raise some eyebrows, I think, when you find out what exactly yeah. went yeah. down. And at the end of the day, you know what it is, is those mole people there. They have very traditional values yeah and 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 marriage and family and community is very important to them and so when there's a when there's a uh well when there's a harlot and i'm using their terminology who uh, sure. a, a home wrecker <clears throat> they're going to express themselves the way that they know how to express yeah. themselves you mm-hmm. know and that's that's by, by by ripping them up and putting them into a big bone pit by the blood swimming pool and i mean you could say you know the universe really took care of the other party who's associated with the, with this extramarital affair, mm-hmm. Paul, you know, oh, and 100%, 100%. And, I mean, that, I never met the guy that happy, you know, that was in, in Scotland or England or one of those places, which I hear have some beautiful Airbnbs. I'm considering doing a swap with some people there. Cause in that, <clears throat> in our community, in the Airbnb host community, you swap, Go back, you know. I got a place you want to stay here. Y'all can stay yeah. here. Come over here. But yeah, you know, and 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 again, I like the. the I I have never had a problem with these these bold people. You know, mm-hmm. you've kind of uh, kept to yourself, and they've kept to themselves. Is that? And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. 
they are excellent uh, guests at the Airbnb. Oh, they've stayed at one of your properties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, you do you murder a bunch of people and you get a bad name, and I just don't think that's fair. Yeah. Again, again, people can change. You know. I think I, so. Uh, yeah. So how, what, so what's business like for you now? You know, you've had a, you've had a gaggle of young gals murdered by mole people. Everybody mm-hmm. knows about it. It's words getting out about Lonnie Mandrell's property. So what, what's been going on with you business-wise or, or rentals up, down? And what's, what's Well, I think they're good. I actually, uh, I actually made, uh, I'm very good friends with a treehouse master, not the treehouse master that people are used to, but a treehouse master in, uh, we're doing some exciting properties in some of the trees on um, in my area. You know, we're doing mm-hmm. some fun. We're doing some fun things. When the Hobbit was real big, we made some of them. <clears throat> we put round doors on on places, and you know, oh, just so kind fun. of a fun because people. It's it's you're not just for Airbnb. You're not just paying for a place to stay. You're pay play paying for an experience. Sure, you know? yeah. So I got to say, I love it when you see a room that's all decked out, like it's a bunch of Legos or it's a, it's a Taco Bell room. So mm-hmm. I, I think people are really going to enjoy that. Yeah. What, one of our things is, uh, it's a Froyo house and it's just floor to ceiling yogurt spigots in one, in one room. There's a, there's a, a yogurt, it's a yogurt room. Yeah. Floor to ceiling yogurt spigots. We got a drain on the floor and a little hose and you just, you just go at it. You know, it's like a. It's like a self-washed dog groomer kind of thing, but for yogurt. That sounds so fun. And who doesn't love frozen yogurt? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's great. So, you know, things like that. And we're, we're partnering with some exciting, uh, with some, some exciting brands to, uh, to, to have theme houses. You know, there's, there's all these like nostalgia. I don't know about these pop-up restaurants like, uh, Oh yeah. For, for saved by the bell and things like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, so we have that, we have a, uh, all in the family house that we've put together. We're partnering with Norman Lear. We got a whole system of you know, houses. You could stay in the Chico and the man house. Uh, you could, uh, you could stay in, um, in the Jefferson's, uh, apartment in the sky. Uh-huh. You know, these are all, all those, all those types of, and it's not just old shows. It's, uh, you know. Beverly Hills 900. I don't remember what the show's called, but you know what I mean? So we got that property. Yeah. Yeah. I, my fear, Lonnie, is that the people who would come to the all in the family room is that it would just sort of give them a, a an excuse to sort of present some of their hidden racism. That they oh, 100%. Yes. Yes. 100%. But you know, that's something that I want to bring up is my, my property in the Appalachians. Sometimes you get some of these goth kids and some of these, you know, uh, murder fans. I don't know what you call them. These, Kids who who will say stuff like I don't know Charles Manson actually made a lot of sense you know I don't understand these whole uh, these Charles Manson apologists who want to want you to think like oh he talked about the media and you know guy was a a piece of shit murderer anyway he you was, get people yeah. and you get people coming and, and they stay at my place and they're, they 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 give me reviews like this place was not scary it was not very it wasn't haunted you know oh, they don't see, say anything about the the wicker the the, the bag of wicker balls the box of wicker balls that i have is decorations they don't have anything to say about the tree stump uh uh chairs that i have to burn out the fire or anything like that 
Uh, you really, I, I got to tell you, Lonnie, I really admire people who I just really passionate about what they do. And you've really seem to have taken the extra step here. And I got to tell you, I would love to stay in one of your Airbnbs. Oh, you know what? I don't know if that was a ham fisted self invite, but I, I want you to come stay. And I insist, I, I will, I insist you don't pay. Oh, well, Lonnie, you don't have to do that. But if you're going to insist, I would be, I would be rude if I didn't accept your generous offer. Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to, I'm actually going to put you, uh, you know, we have a, a, a Huck Finn experience. I love, that's great. I would love to do that. Yeah. So we're going to, what we're going to do is put you, put you on a raft. It's like glamping. We're going to put you on a raft, uh, uh-huh. a beautiful raft with, uh, with, uh, you know, a canvas tent, but then inside the canvas tent, there's a flat screen TV, Nespresso coffee maker, all kinds of stuff. And we're going to give you an actual fugitive from the law and, and, and a drunk father that's going to chase you down the river. Wow. I mean, you're not going to find that at a Best Western or a Howard Johnson's. Not a chance. Not a chance. You know, no. this is this is quality. And I think if you know, if you're listening to and you want to travel, look up Lonnie Mandrell in North Carolina. Stay at one of his places. Please. Yeah. And st- stay at this place. It's wonderful. I, I don't let one gaggle of girls who got murdered dissuade you from staying at a Lonnie Mandrell Airbnb. Yeah. Uh, murder gaggles are a dime a dozen, dozen in this business, in this it world. It could happen anywhere. Yeah. I mean, people who are listening, there could be a gaggle of people in your house right now who are waiting to murder you and until this show is over. And I'd say there's about a 96% chance that wherever anybody is right now, somebody has died in that exact spot. That's probably, that's yeah. I, that's probably really accurate. I'm even like in all of human history, you don't think somebody's died where you, I'm not even saying in the house, it's whatever apartment, but somebody has died on the square footage that you are near. I, yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just being a grown up and accepting the way the world works. Human history is just, a uh, 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 fucking obituary, really, when you think about it. It's just a bloodbath. I, I I couldn't agree with you more. And I, again, I want to say, you know, I've, I'm reading these reviews, Lonnie. Some of them are really, really not great. But I want to encourage you, if you're listening right now, look up Lonnie Mandrell. Stay at one of his places. You're going to have a good time. Come on. Thank you. Thank you so much, Adam. This has been just fantastic. Before I let you get out of here, Lonnie, you'd mentioned your piece of shit brother-in-law signed you up for the army. Whatever happened with that? Oh, uh, I served two tours in Afghanistan. I was in Iraq for a while. I became a sniper. I was well, a sniper. Thank, thank you for your service, Lonnie. I greatly appreciate it. Oh, thanks for saying that. You didn't have to say that, but yeah. Uh, Lonnie Mandrell, you're a delight. I look forward to staying at your, at your Huck Finn experience Airbnb. And if you're out there, look him up, North Carolina. Lonnie Mandrell, thanks for coming by. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to My Neighbors Are Dead. I've been your host, Adam Peacock. The show was produced by myself with Nate DeFort and edited by Nate DeFort. Original music was done by Jesse Case, along with Dane Halverson, and our original artwork was done by Mark Nishan. I'd like to thank Seth Morris again for coming by and playing Lonnie Mandrell and talking about spelunking and all kinds of fun Airbnb ideas. It really, it's super inspiring. Uh, again, you can check out Seth on The Big Leap on Fox this fall. Make sure to check that out. And if you want to find him on social media, you can check him out at Seth is Morris on Instagram. If you like the show and you want to support us, please like and subscribe. And if you'd like to donate to the show, you can find us on Patreon.com at My Neighbors Are Dead. Follow us on Instagram at My Neighbors Are Dead and on Twitter at My Dead Neighbors. Again, thank you so much for listening to the show and we'll see you next week.
Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with grills for hands, or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time, then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot, Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're, you're here to, to believe, believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.